This week, <laughs> you're killing me, Matt. This week on the Media Virus Podcast, NFL lets a boomer that is actually nicknamed Boomer comment on an open mic and gets upset when he offends black people everywhere. Staying ahead of the curve, Delaware joins 23 other states in banning TikTok access from state networks and devices. The JonBenet Ramsey cold case is being reheated with DNA evidence some 23 years later. All this, conflict resolution coach Jerry Fu, Maddie's TikTok nonsense corner, and in honor of Black History Month, Stanley brings us the next installment of his chilling new series, How to Survive Dating a Black Woman, on this, the 119th episode of the Media Virus Podcast. It's the Media Virus Podcast. Let's point and laugh at the world burning around us with executive producer Mike Latouris. We're going to start over. BBC correspondent Stanley McFadden. Makes me tingly in an unfamiliar way. Grease Monkey Pete. Damn, Big Daddy. Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. It's really well done. And now, spreading the sage nihilism of an aged Gen Xer, your host and mine, the star of our show... The incomparable Matty Rock Death. <laughs> Hot damn, do we have a show for you people this week? I am Matty Rock Death. Welcome to the Media Virus Podcast. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share. I want to take a minute to thank the new subscribers for so their support. And to invite everyone to take a moment, go over to TheMediaVirus.com and check out all of that awesome content. You can always give us a call uh, here at The Media Virus at 646-VIRUS-01. You might make it on the show. Who knows? Uh, let's say hi to our guest this evening. He is a conflict resolution coach specializing in Asian American leaders. And you can find out more about that at AdaptingLeaders.com. Mr. Jerry Fu, how you doing, man? Good. How about you? Doing, I'm doing pretty great. Doing, uh, you know, doing. It's, uh, we're going <clears> to <throat> really looking forward to finding out more, you know, about uh, what it is you do and, and more just about you in general. But uh, I have something that I absolutely need to share, like, with, with everybody. Because, guys, I have single-handedly single masterminded the perfect solution to the most pressing problem of our time. Okay. No, hang on. Just let me, let me set the scene. All right. I'm at work and I'm making a sandwich and I've got my two favorite sandwich ingredients, Lebanon bologna and Cooper cheese. All right. Now they don't sound good together, but I like it. And, uh, now it, what you might not know, uh, not sure if everyone's aware, but, uh, Cooper is America's brand, but an American cheese can get crumbly, you know, and hard to to kind of kind of peel away, and that got me to thinking that uh, you know it's hard to separate. Like, and it's it got me thinking that, dude, if I just put it in the microwave for fifteen seconds, you know what I mean? Fifteen seconds made it soft. Boom, everything was was perfect, and I shit, it peeled perfectly. I I I mean, it was. This is how I felt, man. I just had to tell people. I was going over. I was telling Bill, you know. I was telling uh, 
if anybody, if any of our listeners uh, is uh, is on the Nobel committee, then uh, you should probably be replaced. But well, uh, however, I guarantee you that the moment. Uh, that moment of enlightenment that I had was very similar to how Chris Berman felt about the Super Bowl being on Abe Lincoln's birthday, except mine, mine was genius, and that went over like a fart on the bus. Yeah, uh, NFL is not happy with Chris uh, at his, with his post-game remark. A longtime ESPN host Chris Berman caused a stir on social media with his Abe Lincoln remark after the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes made history on Sunday night, becoming the first black quarterbacks to face off in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs beat the Eagles to win their second championship under Andy Reid. And following the game, Berman did highlights on ESPN, noting a weird fact. Also, of course, two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Is that's that's the Berman quote? I mean, it's 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 a, the guy wasn't trying to be a dick. No, I mean the the guy wasn't trying to like like shit on anybody. No, As I mean fact, the dude like he's an old dude. He's probably thinking to himself like, oh, this is a really interesting fact, and and it's, he probably had this moment where he was like, this is really gonna. Well, you know, Lincoln was known for going to black guys' birthday parties. What? That that's not what I thought. That was the correlation. Lincoln always showed up at black guys' birthday parties. No. Is <laughs> was he driving a Lincoln? I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, there, there's really not a there's not a real connection there. Uh, Berman's comment went viral on social media. Uh, let's see, some of the uh, fans wrote in some some happy little notes about his comments. My man couldn't. Couldn't say also, and during Black History Month, or leave at at during Black History Month instead of Abe. I, you know, it's Twitter, so not all not all of these uh, not all of these quotes come together well. Force but it couldn't go without being said, right? We, we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't just like let the let these two teams play without pointing out, like who thought of that statistic. To point it like to point that out, Chris Berman. You know what I'm saying? Chris no, Berman. No, no, not I'm, the I'm, Abe Lincoln <laughs> statistic, but the original, like, oh, these two black. Because I've I heard that. That's oh, just the, like the first thing people said when it was the, the the Chiefs versus the Eagles, and I don't see why that's important. One of, one of my friends commented the other day that they heard that not less than 360 times before mm-hmm. kickoff. I just I don't see why that's why that needs to be. Well, in in the realm of professional football, uh, traditionally, uh, there have it, quarterback is a is a fairly Caucasian position. It's it's where white guys still excel in football, and the speculation is that that's by design because there's. I, I, and I don't quite get it because it, it, you know quarterback is supposed to be the thinking man's position. You know he's he's got some sort of control on the field, but I I, I don't know. I I just I, I think so you're overthinking it. If, territory, right? <laughs> well, I I don't get it because you've got you've got guys that are at the height of literally at the height of their game. You know these are the the professional the the professionals that are at the top of the game, and yeah. I, I don't think it really matters who they are. They're 
they're pit against one another. That's kind of the way this whole thing works. That's, I mean, yeah. But, uh, Jerry, let me ask you this. Um, the, the type of conflict that comes from someone putting their foot in their mouth, just, you know, and t- like saying something that is to them innocuous or even like enlightened, but to somebody else, it, it takes that. How would you, what do you, is there a way to settle that conflict or is that, you know, it, how, how does he make this go away? <laughs> Short of going and jumping in a hole. Yeah. I mean, you could take this from several angles, right? I think the most productive one is just to, just to admit, hey, you know what? I'm human, and you know sometimes I make mistakes. And you know if I did hit some cultural tripwire that I clearly I'm trying to look like I know something I don't, please educate me, right? I think there's a there's an opportunity to give grace and to show grace, and I think this right. is one of those moments. Right. But then he doesn't have to do any of the follow-up education. Like he's going to say, educate me, but then he doesn't really have to do any of the real work. Right. Well, that I mean, seems hard. As long as he doesn't put his foot in it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just depends like what kind of dice you want to roll. I think, I mean, if the person happens to be able to tell you exactly, you know, what kind of measures you can take to prevent this situation from happening again, why would you leave that kind of insight on the table? But again, that's your choice. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, uh, you I took look. the opportunity to send him a crowbar. <laughs> oh, out of his mouth. Yeah. I'm a tool. I'm a tool guy. Yeah, absolutely. That's You're true. on the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But um, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't have a transition to move to TikTok. But uh, well, I apparently Delaware has uh, pre- is preventing their state employees. We're all Jerry. Where are you? Uh, where are you sitting? Where are you calling in from? Man? I'm dialing in from Houston, Texas. Houston, oh, the land of the free. Yeah. Houston, the stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. There you go. <laughs> um, but you now Houston, huh? That's uh, you guys just recently had a what was that last year? That snow like a snowfall. Oh, we had a nice storm or two. I mean, we actually had one just a couple of weeks ago that didn't hit Houston as badly, but Austin and yeah. Dallas were still pictures, pretty cold. Saw pictures of that. Yeah. 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 How did that, uh, did you just stay home? Are you able to, I guess you're a pharmacist. Are you like a pharmacist or are you still a pharmacist? Yeah. I, I still have my license and I still have a day job as a pharmacist. Yes. Right on. Uh, I'm a part-time secretary, so... There you just go. so you know, <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything that comes out of my mouth that sounds insulting, just know where it's coming from. I'm a 46-year-old part-time secretary. <laughs> um, but uh, did you, I mean, I guess so you had a, like, I guess, was the travel, like, difficult for everybody or? I mean, Houston wasn't hit as badly, but when the I ice storm from, like, last year or so it was, yeah. I mean, or two years ago, I think. Yeah, two years ago it was really terrible just because, like, water, you know, pipes froze, no one could shower, and, I mean, the power yeah. grid was completely knocked out. Um, yeah, my place went without power for about 48 hours, and so, that yeah, by the, by the second night, it was, like, just every blanket you could find and, you know, uh, just to try to stay warm and just pray that the power would come on in the morning. Yeah. Now, having known some Houston residents, you don't sound like you're a lifelong resident of Houston. No, I'm not. I'm, okay. I've been here the last about 12 and a half years now, but yeah, I'm not a native Houstonian. Yeah, you've, you've done a good job of not picking up the Texas accent. 
<laughs> it's, it's I'd be all over that. Whatever it is, I'd be all over that. I'd have it. I go to visit my. I went to go visit my sister when I was twelve. She lives in Massachusetts. I come back with, mm-hmm. yeah, park the car. This fucking guy, kid. My wife is from Massachusetts. Now you would never know it because she speaks very properly, uh, mm-hmm. but she can turn on that accent, and she can also turn on this really good Puerto Rican accent because she's she's Puerto Rican as well. But okay. uh, but she turns on this when we go up there. It doesn't. It's she doesn't turn it on. It just comes out. Like mm-hmm. when we're when she's talking to her friends, like it just comes out. And then I start to develop that man, yeah, guy. Come on, guy. What are you doing to me, guy? You know. Um, so if I know if I were a transplant, so where, where you know where were you? Uh, you know where where'd you grow up? Yeah, um, originally Wisconsin. Um, my Wisconsin. parents came over from Taiwan. Yeah, I started in Wisconsin, okay. and then uh, when my dad's job. Took him some weird places. We ended up in Knoxville for the second leg of my of my you know my my life. And then I first came to Houston for college. I took a chance um, on on Rice University. And then when I decided on pharmacy school, went back up to Tennessee. Uh, spent some years in Memphis before moving back to Knoxville. And then worked in Knoxville for a couple of years before moving back to to Houston. Right on. Even yep. all, pretty much the mid, the the western, the middle of the country, you've that, kind of gone up and down. That's where that homogenized yeah. uh, version of English that that's coming out. I, <laughs> I find it interesting. In Delaware, we have a we don't have a an, an accent that's noticed everywhere, but there's some things that we that are noticeable to us from from the area. And when I decided I wanted to talk uh, when I was a young man, and and wanted to go into uh, radio, I did everything I could to scrub that out of my life and, and, and not sound like I was from somewhere because mm-hmm. I, I had talked with a radio professional at some point who said that your, your best bet is to just figure out how you can sound like you're from everywhere mm-hmm. or, or get to a place where you sound like you're from everywhere, and when you get into a job, you can slide into whatever they're doing, so you sound like you're from there, and everybody likes you. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, I, a, that's a smart play, yeah. And then once I've perfected that, I fell into a job here doing construction, and I forgot to go back to college and <laughs> started a podcast many years later. Yeah. No, but but here in Delaware, we all happen to be in Delaware, but here in Delaware, this the state is preventing its employees from uh, going onto TikTok. And yeah, that's just that's. I I can't believe that the Delaware's like that's such a problem. Well, it's <laughs> it, they don't want you to do it from state devices and the state and on the state network. And I'm I'm honestly surprised that it's just now coming down because uh, I've. In my day job, I've worked a fair amount with the state and and their IT people, and they're very protective of their IT uh, setup. and And there's a lot that they don't want to happen with it, like even anybody knowing anything about it. So, I, I think this is probably valid. The state of Delaware uh, is asking state employees to stay off of TikTok on state-owned devices. Or the state's IT network. A letter sent to state employees last month announced that the Chinese-owned social network, social media network, would be blocked from being accessed on the state's network, and would also not be permitted on devices distributed to state employees. Among concerns listed by CIO Jason Clark of the Department of Technology and Information were that TikTok could collect data from the from the phone's clipboard, password, and MAC address. 
Plus could be compelled to supply that data to, the, to China through their national security laws. So, you know, I, I'm just we a little... We can't, we can't get, let China get the DMV's phone number. God forbid. <laughs> you call the DMV all the goddamn time. Like, what the fuck? Hey. National security secrets is fucking Delaware. I mean, boss. I mean, I understand, the, I understand the thinking. Boss, I've got seven guys down there in the boiler room. They've been on hold with Delaware's DMV for a combined total of 74 hours. <laughs> it's. Uh, trying to get registration for those. I mean, I, I got an idea. Like, maybe state employees shouldn't. Shouldn't be on TikTok like at all. Like well, maybe you shouldn't be on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Well, the issue is some of some of the users. My on, taxes pay that, pay their salary. But right? but some of the agencies in the state government have used TikTok to as part of their social media presence. So that's that's where this is coming up. That's dumb. It's a dumb thing to do. Well, I mean. State agency. They don't need a social. Or well, I guess maybe like if they're handing out condoms and shit. Well, I mean the you know I mean? the the Office of Highway Safety has has done big pushes on on Facebook and Twitter, uh, and have been reasonably effective in some of their stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, so with you have the a TikTok, Jerry. I don't touch it. No, you don't touch it. No, well, just actually, because you're I, a grown. Well, here's the funny thing. You, you mentioned it. Um, I don't have a personal TikTok account, but funny thing is my day job wants me to do TikTok ads for the COVID kit campaign that we've been doing. And so people have found me and contacted me to say, Hey, I saw your TikTok ad. And I, so in a way I am on TikTok, but not because I want to be on TikTok. It's, you know, it just comes with the territory. I'm Avoid sure it at all costs, Jerry, it will yeah. steal hours. I don't want to look like a hypocrite. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. No, I know. I've 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 been I've I've dealt with distractions more than enough in the form of other things like you know. Yeah, the cool thing now here's the the fun thing about TikTok because we actually have a section of the show uh, at the end called Maddie's yeah. TikTok nonsense, which right. is the the funny TikToks that I find. I okay. share them and then we you know we play them because okay. copyright infringements. Why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> and. Uh, most of my stuff is either really funny or, you know, deeply anti-government and state or, um, mm -hmm. or dogs. Okay. You know what I mean? So TikTok is what you make of it. Yeah. If TikTok figures out what you like and will show it to you. Okay. Right? So it knows I like dogs. It knows I like funny things. And it knows I like, I hate the, the government. You know, so it just knows these things. So it just shows them to you. It's great. Okay. I don't really hate the government. Like I have no malicious intent. I'm, I'm a, I'm a 46 year old part time receptionist. The podcast <laughs> said it before. <laughs> I'm not a danger to anyone. But um, if you think I, that I, leaves I, you I, plenty of time to rent trucks and buy fertilizer and diesel fuel, you're absolutely wrong. He doesn't have, <laughs> he doesn't have anything to do with that. That's not. Uh, Speaking of not having anything to do with things, John Bonet Ramsey case, uh, the Boulder the Boulder police have responded to unearthed DNA bombshell. This active investigation continues, the police say. I can save the bombshell. They found some. It doesn't put out who it is. Right. This article never, never mentions 
who who the who the DNA belongs to, but apparently it does rule out the um, parents. Yeah, pretty much everybody that they've looked at so far. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Uh, I I also picked up in here that uh, the information has kind of been on ice since 1997. So there's that. An active investigation continues into the cold case killing of six-year-old JonBenet Ramsey with help from several private DNA laboratories. Boulder Police in Boulder, Colorado, said in response to unearthed documents, on Friday, Fox News Digital reported that an unearthed 1997 DNA test that shows DNA evidence recovered under... Thank you, Fox. Go away. Unearthed. <laughs> At least it wasn't my fault this time. Well, it, it's a it's an article from Fox, so technically it is. Oh, it's got to have stuff running <laughs> in the background. But this was, dude, this was the case that made Nancy Grace. Do you remember? Like, yeah. I, I this Nancy Grace. That's how she made her bones. Is talking about this case over and over, constantly. This was before the uh, the other one, the hot one, Casey Anthony. Um, not the daughter. The the mom's hot. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and eight years of child support's better than eighteen, if you know what I'm saying. Um, the uh, but the and and so I grew up like I wasn't ninety seven. I was we were uh, young men. Young, I was a young man. I was just grad. I just graduated high school in nineteen ninety six. So you know, it, um, were you a? I mean, do you remember this case, Jerry? Yeah, I do. You do? I mean, do you remember yeah, it being yeah. just plastered everywhere and just like them? It was and inescapable. It, it, right, it was. And then it kind of went away for a while. Every once in a while, it would, it would you know, pop up in like an unsolved mystery. But they have, now they have DNA. And mm-hmm. I just, that's really exciting to me. But I wanted to... Um, well, well, it's interesting that they had DNA then. <laughs> they well, just, yeah. They, and, <laughs> they just stuffed it in a folder and kept on going. It's got to be the dad's DNA. Just put it away. It's fine. I mean, and that's, you know, they just make assumptions and, and have at it, you know? Oh. So yeah, uh Patsy Ramsey, the uh, Jamine's mother, reported her six year old daughter missing on the morning of December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six, in Boulder, Colorado. Um after discovering a ransom note demanding hundred and eighteen thousand dollars in exchange for her return. John Ramsey found her body later that day in the basement of the home. But weren't they saying like the window was broken in the basement? But it was broken. Uh, it was broken from the inside. Yeah, there was a lot of really oddball details that never lined up with much, and you know, a lot of it pointed focused, to, they, they pointed really, to the, the family. Really focused on that, I remember. They were really focused on the fact that the. But meanwhile, there's DNA, like under her fingernails and shit. But they're focused on the window being broken the wrong way, and I mean, maybe he used a suction cup to break the window. Maybe. You know, you ever do that? Just. No, especially no. like those, you know, a shitty no. pain window, like an old shitty pain window. You can pull those out with a suction cup, mm-hmm. and sometimes no, they snap. Um, you know, I don't know if he took the, I don't know if he went through the time to take the glazing off. I mean, you know. if you know what you're doing, yeah. I mean, it only takes what, 10, 20 minutes. Boulder police say they've interviewed tens of thousands. They've they've investigated tens of thousands of tips over the years and interviewed more than a thousand people across nineteen states. Meanwhile, there's fucking DNA under her fingertip, under her fingernails. I just well, let's keep like everything they say. Just 
they talk to millions of people and they, and, and meanwhile the you know the answer is is right yeah. underneath so now they the but they're looking for a uh there's a lab that is looking to get a, the sample so that they can test so that they can compare it to it's one of the um services yeah they um, want to compare it to like you know familial matches everybody that's that's turned everybody has voluntarily turned in their dna mm-hmm. and uh and given you know given their all of their information to the government all those folks um they're going to compare the killer of jean benet ramsey to all those folks and see if they see come if with they, something close yeah you know it it was um it'd be funny if they caught like the guy well they've they've he knows no but like he got like he put he gave his dna you know that's and, it was, and that's that's happened a lot of times. They've they've had that. That's why they're they're out there looking to do this now. They've they've proven that that theory works. They've there's cases that they've they've reeled in based on the fact that somebody somewhere along the line did the uh, one of these DNA services and hey look we can we can lead you down the path to this guy. Right. Don't let your don't let your family do DNA. It's the if you're gonna do bad stuff. You know, if you're not going to do bad stuff. You... And that's the other interesting point is in some of the cases, it, it's not the actual offender that has given up their DNA. It's it's someone in their familial, familial line that they can trace it far enough and go to that person and say, hey, uh, is your brother shady? Yeah. Do, do you have a father that kind of weird and they've been able to solve cases? Yeah, that's... um. I know both my parents have had their their DNA, like their ancestry DNA, done. You might as well do yours then, because I mean, I, yeah, they've so got a, they've got enough I to track really you have down. To. I know the results of both of theirs. Just do the math, right? If my mom's one percent Jewish, then I'm half a percent Jewish, right? Well, as Think it turns it. out, you could find out that one of your parents isn't really one of your parents. Well, I know my father is my father. I know that for a fact. Well, in, in, like, in all of our conversations, you have said your mom's kind of shady. Okay. I never said my mom was shady. <laughs> never said that. I have only mentioned that I have two brothers with two different last names. She was married the whole time to different dudes. Right. Don't, 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 don't. But I know, I know for a fact that my dad is my dad. Because as I've explained, my last name really, like, because my, right. you know, my my father has the name of a dude that his mom was married to that wasn't his dad. So there, my name should be Eustace, right? Eustace is like the, the family of Eustaces is really like into being Eustaces. Like this is a really, this is an honor, dude. Mm-hmm. Except for me, because I'm, I'm the, you know, the son of a bastard. And... <laughs> So, uh, so he had, you know, he had his DNA tested to make sure that the man who claimed to be his father was his father and he was, and then he had my DNA tested. So I guess I did have my DNA tested. So, so I'm, 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 I'm railing on about, I'm a complete hypocrite. So there you go. But there's no chance that your mother might not actually be your mother. No, everybody saw that happen. <laughs> doctor, <laughs> the doctor cut me out of her okay. that right now. He's. He verified it. So as long as I, and you know, if, if my dad's my dad, then I wasn't switched at birth. 
Well, that you make a good point. It's a good point, right? Because there was a, I just recently heard this story has, you know, nothing to do with anything we've been talking about, but I just recently heard this story where, the, um, you know, a dude was like doubting that his kid was his kid, right? Right. And, uh, he had the DNA tested. It wasn't his kid. He was pissed. He fucking, you know, going through a divorce, all this other shit. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets a DNA test with the kid. Ain't her kid either. Whoops. They switched the kid at birth. Like, this is like new, right? This is like, I heard this like last week. I was like, holy shit, dude. And then just imagine, just getting like, just from sloppiness. But now, because um, I just recently had a new nephew, Constantino Marvello Santiago. That's a so name. That, name, right? That kid's yeah. got some alphabet. Yeah, he does. So we should just call him alphabet just to save time. <laughs> um, everybody, well, and his, fa- his father has named him that so that people call him Tino, right? I, I will refuse and I will call him Connie just to piss him off. You can just call him Al, short for alphabet. Alphabet. <laughs> Why do you keep calling my kid Al? <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the, the security measures now in a, in a nursery, like, oh, yeah. there's, no yeah. big, there's no big room anymore with a big, big glass. No, they, they, as to much as they the can, they try to leave them right in the room with, with the, the mother. Baby, and there's an alarm on the baby that if the baby gets too close to the door of the room, it goes off. It goes off. They're low-jacking kids now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Uh, and uh, that was amazing to me. And like, I don't remember if with, with Ryan, but definitely with Matt. You know, Matt's 26, but my, my youngest or my oldest. I remember like, there being a room to go look at and see the name taped on the, on the, on the mm-hmm. little bin at Sanazak Hunt. And her last name was Hunt. And, uh, you know, all this. And, and I saw the kids. And you, see, you see the little other kids that got born that day? You know, and, the, and some of them only had one name. And some of them had two names like my kid. You know how that works. But, uh, but they don't have that anymore because I went up and I asked the fucking nurse. I'm like, I'm like, I came and I saw the baby, you know, and I think it was actually a show night and I, I had to go something. I had, a, I had to go, but I was you know, going, went up to the nurses, the nurse's station. I go, and I go, Hey, where's the, I don't see the big window where, where's the big window with the room with all the babies. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like the, the room with all the babies. She's like, what? And this old nurse from the back just yelled, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> You're old. Go home. <laughs> You're old. You're old and stupid, Grandpa. But uh, coming up after this uh, in the B block, we are going to be talking to all about Jerry Fu uh, and uh, finding out, uh, you know, some, some different tips, I guess, for conflict resolution, or you could take those tips and reverse them. And use them for conflict escalation if you choose to. Um, I'm going to personally ask questions about how I can, uh, you know, escalate conflicts that I'm not necessarily in. I'm more of an instigator. I like to start problems and then watch them play out. I don't necessarily like want to have to deal with anything. And we're gonna we're gonna find out more about that coming up. Uh, did I miss? Oh, uh, you can check out Jerry's website at adaptingleaders.com. You can check out everything at the mediavirus.com. You can give us a call at 646 virus one Did I miss anything, Mike? I think that's about all we need to tell everybody, other than we'll be back right after this with our B block on the Media Virus Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Bradbury D Bag. Uh-huh. 
And that's the A block. I've got to make new bumpers.